Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. Here we go. Before you panic, when I give you the book, I mean, don't, don't, don't fall out. I'm in Ecclesiastes tonight. Waverly's the only one that'd say that. <laughs> in Ecclesiastes. <laughs> Chapter 12, right at the end of the book, going to lift one verse. I think this is the verse the Lord had me launch from tonight, and I'm going to give you some things. I don't know what it is about starting a message, start working on a thought, and God changing gears on me and putting me somewhere else. So, and then it's never happened, this rarely, I won't say never, it rarely happens to me that I'm working on something, and I got two other things floating around. I got to preach in West Virginia tomorrow night, and Jim McComas has tore the house down up there. I said, Lord, I hope I don't go kill that thing. Y'all pray for me. That uh, God will use us, and uh, and so I got a, I'm kicking around something for that, and then I was working on one I thought it'd be tonight, brother. How I'm going to do it Sunday morning, unless God wipes that off the slate again. And I'm studying on that. I'm studying on the gods. I want to do a series on Sunday nights. It's coming real soon. I won't do it on Sunday morning, but on Sunday nights I'm going to preach. On, I've read that book. I'm just nearly finished with uh, Return of the Gods by Jonathan Kahn. That's a great read, by the way. If you're a book reader, but don't, don't pick that over the Bible. If you've just got one book you've got to read, make sure it's the Bible. Leave the other books alone. But if you're a book reader and you, but anyway, I'm going to, God stirred me up about this. And it, those three gods that were so prevalent then are so prevalent in America today. Uh, Baal, Ishtar, and Molech. And I'm going to use a Sunday night on each one of them in the near future. I don't know when. And then Brother David Mitchell sent me something today on, uh, on uh, trafficking. That stirred me up. I thought, my word, that's, that's bad. But uh, we just got a lot of things to be warned of. And that kind of brings me to where I'm at tonight. I want to preach on faith over fear. Faith over fear. Let me get me some eyes on here where I can see the page. I can see the page, just can't see the little print. Here we are in uh, chapter 12, verse 13. Have you found it? Shout amen. amen. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Father, I love you. I thank you for the night, the place, the time, the sweet spirit. Lord, it started when Jerry came through the door and said, God, save me today. We thank you for that. We thank you for what you're doing in the hearts and the lives of people. Lord, when everything's come against us, we've still got a standard. We've still got a rock. We've got our Savior. So, Lord, fill my mouth, guard my tongue. Preach me to your glory tonight. I'll praise you for everything that's accomplished. God, use this piece of clay one more time. God, preach me like a dying man to dying people. But let us be encouraged in the Lord. I'll give you praise, honor, and glory for everything it's done. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. I want to, uh, now, now, here we go. Solomon's closing the book out. This thing's written in a negative context. But, but it's written that this, this is the best a man can do under the law, and that is this, fail. The best men can do under the law is fail. 
That's why if, you, if a man could have kept the law, there never had to have been a sheep killed. Are you with me? Goat would have never died. The heifer had never been brought. Wouldn't have needed the red heifer we talked about the other night. Wouldn't need a bullock. Wouldn't need the burnt offering, the sin offering. Wouldn't have needed that. Wouldn't have had the peace offering. Hey, the law, by the law, is the knowledge of sin. The best a man can do under the law is fail. That's what the law does. It shows us just what failures we are. But he's speaking here. He said, after it's all said and done. Now, you notice that this word here in the verse, duty, is italicized. That means it's not in the original language. And, and, and before you fall out of the King James boat now, just stay there. That's all right. It, it means this. It means the work, the completion. So duty would fit there, but it wasn't in the original language. So here we have... This is the best, this is all you can do. But fear God and keep his commandments. Two things the Lord pointed out to me this morning as I was watering flowers. Here's what come to my mind and strongly on my heart. Do you know it's commanded that we love him? It is commanded that we love God. Now, Jesus took all the commandments all 613 of the sacrificial laws, he rolled them right up in a little scroll into two. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is likened unto it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And here, this is what all the law and the prophets hang on right here. So he took everything we read. I'd like to tell some of these numbskulls that that's saying God's a killer, God's a killer, God's bad in the Old Testament. I said, let's get over to when God speaks in the New Testament and nobody got nothing they didn't deserve in the Old Testament, by the way. They didn't want God. He said, okay, you don't want me? It's the same in the end of the world. But it's commanded that we love him. It's expected that we fear him. There's no command to that. Just the expectation that we love him and we love him with reverential trust which, is, which the fear is representative of in this capacity. Here we, we love him, we love him we keep his commandments. Now his command is actually the word of God and we strive to do that because of the spirit that indwells us and, and Eric, like you said, by his grace. Now grace isn't a license to sin as some likes to say that it is. It is not and, and us Baptists don't preach that but we're accused of it. We're accused of saying grace is a license to sin. It is not. Cal Ray, my friend, says grace always holds a higher standard. Absolutely it does. And in my best day, I'm a train wreck and I fail. And I thank God for grace. And where sin did abound, bless the name of God, grace did much more abound. Aren't you glad for the grace of God tonight? Solomon didn't know much about that. He knew about the law. The dispensation. They knew Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He knew that. 
But he didn't know about a dispensation, a time of grace like we experience today. But it said here, when it's all said and done, the best thing you can do is just fear him and keep his commandments. Yeah. <laughs> now, if we, in the first part of Proverbs, as he begins to write, Proverbs 1 and 7, he said, for the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Well, the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. We come to the knowledge. That, you know, that was the problem in the garden. They, they come to the knowledge of evil. God's trying to keep them away from that. Well, we come to that, and when we come to that, we need to do what Jared does. When we come to that, it's required that we be saved. So we see that uh, uh, Solomon was, was, was telling us that at the beginning of his writings in the Proverbs, but then we go over into Matthew, and here's what Jesus said. There's some fear that's necessary. The fear of God but, but in where we're at today, the faith is better than fear. I want to share something, just a minute, and then, you know, then I'll throw three things at you, let you go home. Here we go. Jesus said this in, in Matthew 10 and 28. Fear not them which can kill the body, but fear him which can destroy both soul and body in hell. Now he's talking to a bunch there that didn't, that didn't really have the fear they should have had. We should have that. God expects us to have natural fear. The fear, fear is a protector of us. It keeps us from doing stupid things. But sometimes we're not fearful of things we ought to be fearful of. When my sister was a little child, I've told this here, I think here before, there was a thing called a bobby pin. Is that, they, my wife don't use it. Do they still have those? So, and we had, we had old receptacles, electrical outlets in our house, and it just had two wires, two, two slots. Weren't no happy face like we got smiley face where there's three now, a neutral, hot in the ground. We just, just had a hot and neutral. And my sister forever wanted that bobby pin would just fit. And mama knew better than she did. And mama would say, no, 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 and smack her hand. And then she'd, the next time you think, she'd have a bobby pin headed toward that. And the next time mama would be a little sterner and pretty soon, she's wearing her out. You know what that means? Some of you kids don't have a clue what that is. That's what's wrong with America. So then, after it's all said and done, she wouldn't quit, and mom said, go ahead. Now, she could die. And when she stuck that bobby pin in that receptacle, and the fire flew, and the smoke came out, and melted that thing in her hand, you know what she'd never done again in her entire life? Sometimes God has to say to us, go ahead on. I've tried and tried to keep you from it. Just go ahead and stick that bobby pin in the outlet. And God chastens those that he loves. 
Jesus said, you know, to fear the one that can destroy the soul and the body in hell. Now, now I said it was a reverential trust, and it is that. But then we come to the book of John. Oh, when we get to John, I just love John. We get to 1 John. John John, John's so good that he wrote more than one. He just kept on writing. He gets over there in 1 John and, 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 and chapter 4 and about verse 18. He said this. He said, there is no fear in love. Why? Perfect love casteth out fear. So if we love him, we don't have to fear. Perfect love casts out fear. If God be for us, A plus. So we know that he's for us. We love him because he Oh, you're doing good tonight. He first loved us. So this is a love story going on right here. God loves us. The thing is, here's who tops the list, Brother John Whitzel, in, in Revelation 21 and 8. You know who tops the list of those that's going to die and inherit the second death? Fearful. They Instead of having a holy fear, a reverential trust, a love for God, they got an unholy fear. They're scared to death of this book. And they got the wrong kind of fear of God. It's unholy fear. But if we love him, and we know he loves us, I'm going to be real quick here for you. God's people need not fear. And I'm going to give you three things that the Lord's whispered in my heart today. As I was thinking on this, and I'll let you go home. First, we need not fear daily living. Some people's afraid to get out of the bed in the morning. Nervous about doing this, nervous about doing that. Can't go to, can't go to work, can't do this. Listen, this is not a can't do, it's a can do. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Look here, we should not fear daily living. I don't think I'll have enough. My God shall. Not my God might. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. I'm talking about he shall do it. Would you let one of your children starve to death? Now I know there's been times. There have been times when God's people got destitute and hungry and troubled. Sometimes God pulled them out of the world to keep them, to cut their suffering short. But David's like this. He said, I've been young, now I'm old. Yet, I've not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Huh? We, there's no need to fear daily living. Just get up in the morning. The best thing we can do is fear God the way we ought to. Fear in love and he loves us so really it's faith as opposed to fear it's faith over fear that we have in the Lord we get up in the morning and say this is the day the Lord has made I'm going to rejoice and be glad in this day hey God gave me another day I'm going to do something for him God gave me another day I'm going to shine my light God gave me another day and the devil don't like it and I don't care God's people ought not fear daily living. 
shouldn't fear it for herself, shouldn't fear it for her family members. If they're in the hands of God, if we're in the hands of God, we got to trust him. we got to trust him. We don't have to be afraid. Look, God was, here's the ah, word, this is good. God's already in my tomorrow. <laughs> that helped me, Jimmy. <laughs> He's already in my tomorrow. <laughs> He's in my next week. Glory to God. He's in my next year, and if I get a year after that, he's in my future. Hallelujah. I got nothing to fear today in the daily living of the Lord. I just live today, I'm gonna live tomorrow. Got a plan tomorrow. Now I don't like, I'm one of these guys don't like plans interrupted. Now some of you probably don't bother you. I don't think it bothers Sister Bobby if her plans gets interrupted. She could care less. I've never seen her excited or upset. I've known her a long time. I get all bent out of shape. I'm, I'm a time guy. They, I was already that way a little bit. You go in the military, they'll put things in you. It never goes away. They do. They brainwash you. You can't get it out. So if I tell you t- 6 o'clock, I'm going to be there at 6 unless I'm dead or something bad has happened. And here's the thing. I expect you to be there at 6. But sometimes, daily living, things just don't work out that way. Look here, don't panic. It'll be all right. Are you still with me? Is faith better than fear, you tell me. Number two, number one is we should not fear. God's people should not fear daily living. Hey, it's a day he made. He made it for you. He made it for me. He made it for himself to give it to us. Wow, that's good right there. Number two, here's what you shouldn't fear. God's people should not fear the devil's lies. Don't fear the devil's lies. If the devil's doing the talking, he's lying. He's a liar and the father of it. It's what Jesus said. I'll take his word for it. He's known him a lot longer than I have. And he's a liar. And don't fear the devil's lies. Look here. James said it like this in 4 and 7. He said, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Draw an eye to God, he'll draw an eye to you. Look here. When you up close to the Father, devil ain't got a chance. Now you won't get out there wandering around out of the will of God. I'm telling you, it's a dangerous place to be. Dangerous. Things happen out there that God didn't intend to happen, didn't want to happen, but they happen. Look, but if you're walking, thriving in this day the Lord made, you can trust him with everything you got, praise God, and you don't have to fear the devil's lies. The devil tells you, you can't make it. You're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not in good enough shape. You don't know how you're gonna make this come to pass. Look here, it's a day the Lord made. Don't believe the devil's lies, he's a liar. Paul said, I may be cast down, but I'm not destroyed. (laughs) How about that? I've been down a day or two, but praise God, I'm still here. It'll be all right. Some people believe the devil's lies. 
stay down, stay down, stay beat down. Now, my wife's sitting there probably thinking times I've been down. I've been down in ministry. Look, I've been, I'm not tired of the way, but John, you've been in a lot longer than me, brother. You get tired in the way. I don't care who you are. There is no, there's no, Jim McComas say, there's no S on my chest. We get tired in the way. We get mentally, physically, spiritually tired in the way. They, they, I, I got home one day. I'd been me, preaching about two weeks in a row or something. I got home, and here's what's my thought. I don't even want to read the Bible. I don't even want to read the Bible. I just want to sit down. I don't want to answer the phone. I don't want to talk to nobody. I'm just sitting down. And the devil said, you're done. You're done. You're done. I sat around a little while, kicked around, got bored. I don't rest well. Got bored. Thought, huh, I think I'll go in there and see what Psalm said about this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Best thing to fight the devil with is the Word of God. He can't do a thing with it. He comes up to the Word of God. Done deal. He's whipped, defeated, overdone. Capiche? Out. Out. Don't believe him. God's people should not fear the devil's lies. Josh Baldwin said one time in a message, I, this has come to my mind, it's been long years ago. Josh said, if the devil's talking, he's lying. That's right. He's right. Amen to that, Josh. We should not fear daily living. God's got it worked out. If we've prayed about it and God sanctioned it. I mean, when we chose to build this building, we're over in the old sanctuary. I'm looking around, everybody's in there and they're poor as I am. And I'm thinking, my word, it's a lot of money. God said, build it. Build it. And I told him when I took this church pastor over 22 years ago, and I'd been a deacon so for five, four years or something, so I knew, I knew the workings of the church and how much money they had, uh, none. I said, I'll keep us broke. I'll keep you broke, and they put me in anyway. I said, look, I'll keep you broke. And one guy said, how, what kind of budget do you have? I said, don't have one. He said, you cannot operate a church without a budget. I said, yes, you can. If you need it, buy it. If you don't, give it away. Woo! That works real good. We got the needing a roof on this thing. I didn't realize what kind of damage had been done, how bad a shape it was in. And all of a sudden, we got more in a bank account than we've ever had. We're about to spend it. I'm going to need a roof. God knew that before we got here. Don't listen to the devil. Last. That's the last thing. God's people need not fear daily living or the devil's lies. Man, I like this. This helped me today. And I don't have to fear about dying lost. That's probably the best thing on the list right there. Jerry, don't have to worry about that, son. Don't have to worry about dying lost. I'm going through scripture today, uh, contemplating, trying to dig it up. I'm going through the back of my book. 
I'm reading, I'm looking come down the line of things of fear. I'm looking all this and, and I'm thinking, God, where am I, what am I going to plug into that? He said, plug in the verse. I'm telling you, just like he's speaking to me. The one that everybody knows and it's right behind you. For God so loved the world. And I know there's some of them out there say, that don't mean everybody. He died for everybody's sins. You tell me what it means. God so loved the world that he gave. There's the gift, his only begotten son. That'd be Christ. And here's why I'm not a Calvinist. That whosoever. That'd be me. You're going to have to tear that verse out of the book if it's limited, if he limits his atonement. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish. but have everlasting life. Isn't that good? No need to fear dying lost. Praise God. Now, I know people's afraid to death. I've been with them when they're afraid to die. Not many. Most people I've been with have been a blessing. They weren't afraid. Back when I was working a day job out at Ceramics, before I, before I went, and there is no part-time pastors. That's a, that's a, that's a lie from the devil. That's just, there was bivocational pastors. When I was bivocational, I was working out here at the plant. There's a guy I worked with and his grandma, who is Grover's great aunt, was up here in the hospital and she was dying and she didn't know it. <clears throat> and I went up there. He said, hey, said, would you go see my grandma? And I said, sure, well. I said, is she a Christian? He said, I don't think so. That means No. If you've got a granny that you're not 100% is sold out to Jesus and telling you Jesus stories and loving on you as a grandchild, she, uh, in my book, in my opinion, it'd be hard to call her a Christian. I said, I'll go see her. I took Grover with me because it was Grover's great aunt. <clears throat> Emma Jean Phillips. Now, Emma Jean had been the cook at the local Barbecue joint down here for years. Now, I went there for lunch, but at night, after 5 o'clock, you didn't want to be there. <clears throat> you could eat there at lunch, but don't go after 5. After 5 is bad. And I'd eat her food a lot of times, but I'd never seen her face. That was my end. I went in there. I said, Miss Emma, you don't know who I am, but I'm, my name's Mike McCoy, and I'm pastor at the First Free Will Baptist Church, and I work with your grandson, and he's asked me to come and see you. And I said, I've come to talk to you about the Lord. She said, you have? I said, yep. So I come. And I found people are much more receptive in a hospital bed than they are down here at, when everything at the local eatery, when everything's going good and they got plenty of money and there's no problems. Jewel sang the song, Thank You for the Valley. That'll draw you up close. So I began to talk to her a little bit, and I'd never used this passage before, and I flipped over and I read Matthew in the parable of the laborers of the vineyard, and I talked about them being hired in the 11th hour. And I said, you know, though you've not gone to church your whole life, the Lord would take you in in this late hour and put you right in the family. 
She said, will he really do that? I said, oh, yeah. He said, he, he can't lie. He said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That'd be you. Another whosoever, by, by the way, while we're there. And, and I talked to her a few minutes, and then, and then I felt my familiar friend show up. You can't do it without him. You cannot do it without him. Now, you might sow and water, but you can't get somebody to Jesus without my familiar friend. That'd be the Holy Ghost. And he showed up, and I talked just a little more, and she just began to weep there in the bed. And I said, Emma, you need to be saved. She said, I really do. I mean, this is unchurched. She said, I really do. I said, all you've got to do is believe him and ask him. Really, really, Paul didn't say nothing about asking. But here's what I see why we should call. Because if we believe, then we call. When we believe, if we really believe it, then we'll call. And she believed it and called. And she got saved right there in that hospital room that day. We rejoiced. We was hugging each other and crying. We was rejoicing. And I went back to work the next day. This boy said, I don't know what you done with Grandma. Said something different about her. I said, I didn't do nothing. I just went and seen her and told her about Jesus. That's all I done. He said, well, he said, you know, they say she's not going to make it. And I said, well, she may not make it. He said, but you know what she told me? I said, what? Here's her testimony. She said, now get out of here. I'm going over to that Sunday school class. Now, pardon this, but this is what she called it. I'm going over to Mike McCoy's church. I know it's not my church, but to her it was. I'm going over to Mike McCoy's church at his Sunday school class. I wasn't even teaching Sunday school. And I'm going over there when I get out of this place. And I want all you to come with me. She never got out, John. She never got out. But as sure as I'm standing on green carpet and gray cowboy boots, I believe when death come her way, that fear had disappeared. There ain't but one that can take the stinger out of death. There's only one that can take the stinger out of death. That'd be Jesus. And if we be in Christ, hallelujah, we got no need to fear dying or being lost. I'm glad to be in Christ tonight. Death's going to come my way one of these days. I mean, I know it. won't come my way. Now, Jesus might come. I might miss it. But by the rapture of the church, hey. How many vote for that tonight? But somebody said, how much worse can it get, preacher? I said, it can get a lot worse than it is right now. And I don't think it's just only it can. I believe it will. You talk about saturating these kids in prayer, building hedges of prayer around them, building them up in the Lord, bringing them to Sunday night, Sunday night service, Wednesday night service, putting it around them, let them know when they get out there in college, they're going to try to convince them there ain't even a God. It's going to do one of two things. It worked to the positive for my son. 
he come out there and when he went in I was worried but when he come out I'm telling you he was a he was a strong-willed he said I tried to tell that bunch they got it all wrong and when that female rabbi come in there that son that day he said I'd like you to take the Bible and show me where a woman was ever the rabbi in the book I don't think he made an A in that class, but he passed. Aren't you glad that we got faith over fear tonight? Aren't you glad you don't have to fear? Praise God. Listen, our daily living, the devil's lies are dying lost. Aren't those good news on a Wednesday night? Praise God. Hey, you come on Wednesday night, you're going to get pie out of me. Ain't that good? That's sweet stuff right there. That's why we can't quit. Ain't nowhere to get off. Ain't nowhere to slow down. Ain't nowhere to back up. Bless God. Hey, look here. Head on, hammer. Here's what Bud Delk says. Heaven bound, hammer down. Praise the Lord. Come play us a verse of song, Jules. Somebody might need to pray tonight. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the Time of Truth.